This episode of Fermented Adventure the Podcast features Petrina DiOrio and Kimberly Triel. It was recorded at Brewskits in Telford, Pennsylvania. Please take a moment to subscribe to be notified when the most recent episode has been uploaded. Feel free to reach out to Brewskits and let them know what you thought about the podcast. Cheers! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guests. We're here at Brewskits, and I'm joined by Kim and Petrina. It's Dawn and Rich, and this is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. So we are here at Brewskits. Kim or Petrina, you guys are already finishing each other's sentences, so I don't know who's going to go first and how this is going to work, but how did, how did Brewskits get, get started? Totally by accident. Uh, we are we rescue dogs, we foster dogs, we take care of military family dogs. Now you so say when you say we, Katrina and I. Okay. Yep. So at our house we have dogs all the time. We're actually home brewers as well. So one weekend we were brewing a batch of beer, took our grains outside, put them on the picnic table to go to the compost, which is what we had always done with them. Totally forgot and let the dogs out. Look outside and there's a party on the patio. All the dogs are eating. All the they're grains. just they're just going at the, the spent grain, right? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Party on the patio. Um, so from there, it it just became an idea of maybe we should try to do something with these because we were making stuff for ourselves: bread, pizza dough, rolls, granola, all kinds of stuff. So it kind of led into why not try to make a dog biscuit out of it, um, and that's how it started, totally by accident, by one of our rescue dogs. Now, how many years ago? What what year was the inception of of when all this got started? So we've been in business six years now. So this was probably seven or eight years ago because when we started, it was just for our dogs. And then it was a cool Christmas gift for friends and family. And that's when everybody said, why don't you guys try this as a business? Um, and that business started out at your local farmer's market, your Christmas bazaar at the local church. A couple of beer festivals. And then it kind of grew into beer festivals and, and bigger events. Yeah, I mean, we met you at actually Pour the Core, um, which was at the Navy Yard. And sadly, yeah. we're not doing the festivals right now. And yeah. how is that impacting? I mean, you've got this beautiful retail portion and you've got your online sales. How is COVID or how has COVID affected your business and what you've been doing too? Uh, it's affected us pretty drastically, not being out at the events, beer festivals, pet expos, things like that out in the community, because we do a lot of direct-to-consumer right there. Like, we take our product with us, we sell it to all the people that are tasting beer, they're totally intrigued by it because it's made out of beer grains. 
Um, so it's, a, it's affected us a lot. Um, so what we're trying to do is build our online sales, make sure we're staying out in the community, make sure we're staying in all the beer, you know, places, distributors and tap rooms and stuff that we're in and just try to continue doing what we're doing. So a little bit of a, a focus on part of the model that you were doing, but it's really now just making sure that you're staying in business, I yeah. would imagine. Yeah. Right. Because if you think about those beer festivals, there's thousands of people and you're in front of them for three to four hours. So if they didn't hear about you before and they're, and they're, they're constantly making that lap around the, the beer festival tent and they see the bags, they see you and they come over. You, you've got that one-on-one interaction with thousands of people in three hours. And one person tells three people and then they tell three people and that's how our business grows. Well, I, I can share my experience. Yeah. I'm standing in line waiting for the next beverage exactly. and I'm snacking on them. Were you really? Yeah, yeah I really was. Yeah. I thought they were delicious. They and, and let's face it, you know, they're filling. Yeah. And so I'm standing there and I'm eating them and where'd you get that? And I got it over at Brewskits right. and... I actually tell people at the beer festivals because they'll walk up to me and they'll go, oh, what's this? Oh, I don't have a dog. And I go, it's, it's okay. It absorbs alcohol. Buy a bag. I, so, I think you were probably <laughs> the one that got me running around eating the brewskits. Probably. Yeah. Well, and people ask for samples all the time. So we do have samples. Yes, that we you do. Now. It's all human grade. It's the barley, oats, and rye from brewing. Um, it, then it's just egg, flour, and either peanut butter, pumpkin, or sweet potato. So there's no salt, no sugar, no additives, no preservatives in anything we make. So it's all human grade. Yeah, as you said, you were making breads and pizza dough. Yes. So yeah. you took that and repurposed that. Exactly. And you were eating it. Exactly. But now, if, if the dogs hadn't been going to town on that, I mean, that's, think about the serendipity of that. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... I don't think I would have suggested making a dog biscuit out of it if the dogs never showed interest. Uh, showed interest. Yeah, because uh, Tiki, our Weimaraner, he's our CEO, our chief eating officer. Okay. He was never that dog that went after your, your glass of beer, your bottle of beer. He would walk by, sniff it, and, and make a face and turn his head away. So to use the grains would have never occurred to me. No. But other dogs that we've had love beer. And dogs really shouldn't have beer. It's not good for them. It's the hops that are actually toxic. Um, but if you do give your dog a beer, let them have more of like a milk stout or a, something that doesn't have a lot of hops in or it. Or a sour or something. Let's just really go Let's just really go quality <laughs> yeah. or something, right? <laughs> but not much. It's just a minute amount because, like I said, you know. Yeah, the hops, the alcohol, it's, it's just not good for them. Yeah. And that's kind of what scared us about the grain because we knew dogs aren't supposed to have beer. But what is it? And we called our vet, and our vet said, no, those grains are actually great for their digestion. We feed them a lot of protein, and the grains, it's fiber. It helps break down the proteins we feed them. Right, because we're not using any cornmeal, no soy, no wheat. It's literally just the byproduct from the brewing. How long did it take you to kind of develop the recipe? Oh, pretty long, actually. Pretty, yeah. pretty okay. long time. Cause, so what was that process like for you? Well, it started out in the kitchen. You know, so it's just your kitchen oven... You don't get heat the way you need to. You can't bake as long as you need to. So the first biscuits for us wound up having to get stored in the refrigerator, which anybody who makes dog biscuits for their own dogs knows they have to keep them in the fridge. And as as we grew and we got to the ovens, the big professional ovens you see behind us, we were really able to get a recipe that was shelf-stable. Because the the type of oven we use now circulates the you have air. A connection. You have, yeah. like, it's, there it's, are six ovens here right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're in a, if, if I didn't know and didn't walk through the front, as you have the whole dog thing going on out front, 
I figured you're making cookies back here, or pies, or pastries, it, and things. And like it actually that. smells really good on baking days. If you're shopping in the store, you can you, you can, can smell, smell the baking that's yeah. going on back here. But but it started in our home in our little oven, two trays at a time, making I don't know fifty biscuits at a time. I, our, our home oven held three bags of biscuits. Right. So we were constantly <laughs> baking and baking and baking to be able to go to a farmer's market just for the weekend. So. We outgrew that really fast. I was setting alarms all throughout the night because not only were we baking, but I was periodically flipping biscuits so they baked correctly. Then I needed to get another batch in. It was 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 insane. So what we did from there, we went on Craigslist, we found a convection oven, and we put it in our garage. So now that has five racks in it. We started baking in our garage. Well, then it's it just kept growing and becoming more of an empire. We got another convection of it and put it in our garage. And then we had to hire somebody, so we hired our first person. Um, and then we had to buy these steel tables for the garage to be able to work in the garage. It finally got to the point where we knew we couldn't continue in our garage anymore. Like, we were being inspected. The Department of Agriculture would come and inspect us in our garage, which was fine, but... To be able to to build the business and get into stores and tap rooms and things like that, we knew we couldn't stay. You in the needed garage. to scale. Yes. Yeah. So that's how we ended up here. So we've been here a year and a half at this point. Yep. Um, as you can see, all the equipment behind you, huge investment. Um, you know, all the ovens. We've got what we call Big Bertha here now, who kicks out the biscuits for us rather than roll them by hand. Now, did you have to have something like that? specifically made yeah. to your shape and yeah. all this that is, stuff. This is custom made with the drums that fit our size biscuits. Um, and it, like I said before, we would roll them out by hand. It would take 15 minutes to do a, a baking sheet of biscuits. This will kick it out in a minute and 40 seconds. So, And you also didn't get, as, as hard as you might try, you didn't get a consistent biscuit. Right. One's a little thinner, one's a little thicker. Bertha kicks out the same biscuit every time. Which is important for, you know, consistency, but also, like, there's things that people don't think about. For example, the Department of Weights and Measures, they'll pick up our bag and it has to be exact. If it's not, we get fined for that. So you're putting so many biscuits in there and then it has to be at a certain right. exactly. specific range. Yeah. I don't think you have to hit on exactly. No, you have yeah. to be a minimum. Yeah. On or oh, over. Okay. Yeah. Um, but there's all kinds of little factors like that that go into this that people have no idea. They're like, I'll just start making dog biscuits and start selling them. And, and man, it, there's a lot that goes into this. And, and it's funny, though. You look at these bags, and, and they, they look really nice. And I'm not trying to, you know, pat myself on the back. But we think about when we first started in these cellophane bags. I was printing labels off my home printer. Yeah. And then not only is the bag horrible, but the biscuit was the, the cutter was just, it, it wasn't the dog biscuit shape you think of. Um, it really tried to be, um, but it just, it just was not. So to see where we came from to what it looks like now and what, what the packaging looks like now is, yeah. is pretty incredible. All right, so either you were doing a tremendous amount of home brewing to make sure you had enough spent grain, or you started to collaborate with other brewing companies. Correct. We started to collaborate. So the inception of Free Will Brewing, which is really close to us, 10 minutes away in Percy, PA, uh, we went there on a weekend and Dom was the only one there. It was when Free Will was down in the basement. Where their sour cellar is now. Yes. And, and it was just a, you know, a, a table that they had set up for tasting. We were the only people that showed up. And at that point we asked him and we're like, 
We you kind of wish it would go back to those days because it, now it's packed all the time. Yes, I mean, kudos is. to them, but yeah. you know, it's the same thing. You wish uh, could less people know about you now. Right. <laughs> but there was but there was a chair down there, and people would just be drinking down there. They didn't even charge yeah. you for tastings yeah. and stuff. There were people just down there. But so we we went in on a weekend and we talked to them. And we're like, listen, we're starting to make dog biscuits, and we're not brewing enough to keep up with demand at this point. We would love to collaborate with you. And he's like, I don't see why it would be a problem. We'd love to have you take the grain off of our hands. We have to pay somebody to take it. And our relationship with Free Will started then. And that was our first relationship with a brewery. And now we work with about 15 or 18 different breweries where we get grain from them, make them their own line of dog bones. Their label goes on the front of it, and they sell it in their tap rooms. So now we're collaborating with 15 different breweries and a couple different distilleries, too. Yes. Do you find that they're now seeking you out? Yes. Yes. And... Obviously, it's a cost-effective way for them Correct. to now not have to pay to have those spent grains taken away. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's a beautiful relationship because all the different breweries, um, they, they make all different kinds of beer. So we end up with different variations of the grains. But then their label goes on it and they're selling it right in their tap room. So they're resourcing and upcycling what normally would get fed to cattle or chickens or, you know, whatever, and then, or tilled into the soil um, as compost. Do you feel that you have enough right now supplying you with the spent grains to where you're at capacity? I mean, this is, with everything you have here, you've got a lot of biscuits already made and a lot of inventory. Where are you in that process as far as, do you have enough coming in or are you always looking for more? We're always looking for more. Always looking to collaborate with more and more breweries. The more we can get out there, the better. And it's a symbiotic relationship because they don't buy back all of the biscuits they give us grain for. So now we have biscuits that we take with us when we have events, but also here in the store and they go out online where you get a a bag of brewskits and it's got this brewery sticker on the front and you either say to yourself, oh, I love this brewery or I need to try this. I've never heard of this. And so... The, the dog person gets satisfied by this all-natural biscuit, but the beer person gets satisfied with, ooh, I have a new brewery to try. So it and, works for us both ways. And the thing that's unique about it, a bag of free will could end up in Illinois. When that person comes back east to visit and they're in the Philadelphia region, they're like, hey, let's go check out free will and purchasing. And, you know, it's that Or, or of, with some of the online shopping, yeah. they, they can purchase... If, exactly. if they ship to Illinois, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So it's a great relationship that we've built with all these breweries. Now, do you get to specifically custom design a flavor for that brewery, or is it just a standard and we'll package it in your packaging? Right now, we've gone with our standard peanut butter, pumpkin, and sweet potato. There's a large one and a small one. And that's what the breweries get back. That's our that's the typical ones that go out for retail. It's, their, it's our prettiest bag. Uh, it's the pre-printed bags, the really professional bags, that's usually what we stick with. And one of the reasons for that is the development of the recipes are really tricky because you can't have a lot of moisture in the, the dough, the batter, because our, our claim to fame is no preservatives. And the way we do that is get all the moisture out of the product. So we have a proprietary secret how we do our pumpkin and sweet potato to get all the moisture out of that real raw pumpkin and sweet potato. It's not just, you know... Pumpkin and sweet potato is 90% water. Yeah, so there's a secret way we do that to get the moisture out. Um, And it's really difficult, so those are the ones that we pretty much sell back to the breweries because it's easiest for us. We do have other flavors and things that we make. Um, You know, like the, the booby bone has beets in it. 
um, like a beet pulp powder, so the biscuit is actually pink, and then proceeds from that go to breast cancer research. Um, the Rosie's Autumn Brew is pumpkin, cranberry, and cinnamon. So we do different flavors, but the ones that go out to the brewery, we try to stick with just peanut butter pumpkin sweet potato. Does the, um, what, what comes off as the spent grain, does any of that change the flavor profile for you, or how does that, how did you, like, adjust to that as well? We usually work with the breweries so we know what we're getting because there's certain things in there we don't want. We obviously can't have them when they put hops in the mash because our dogs can't have the hops. But the, the grains they're using definitely have an effect on the flavor. And we do talk to them about what they're brewing on what day and what they're putting in it. Um, you know, we don't like rice holes. We don't like wheat, anything like that. I really like... I'm a darker beer person. In the middle of summer, I'm a darker beer person. I also like the way the biscuits taste with a darker grain. The problem is consumers see a darker biscuit and think we've burned they, it. They think you burned it, right. But so we, we, do, we do try and if I go with a darker grain, I have to mix it with a lighter grain to cut the color. But I like the taste of the darker biscuits. And we've actually done a special with that where we've done a, a black and tan kind of biscuit. So in the bag, you'll get a light one and a dark one, a light one and a dark That's one. That's a great idea. Which is kind of unique. Yeah. So we do that as a limited edition a couple times a year. Now, you mentioned distilleries. Who who were the distilleries you're working with as well? Oh, my God. I can't Man remember. Manitoba. That's it. Uh, and who's the, who's the other so one? So you're doing, and you're getting the spent grains from Sly yeah, Fox they, as well? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So they actually work with Sly Fox and do a specific... Uh, distilled beverage and they working with Sly Fox and we're able to work with both of them actually separately and make a biscuit for Sly Fox. And Manitoni has a really cool program. Um, one of the owners, Max, he actually um, has a dog named Piper and they do the Piper Foundation where they donate the whole proceeds from that bag to the Piper Foundation which is phenomenal. They're not even taking a cut from it. So. I, I hear so many levels of growth and, and so many experiences that you've had. I mean, just from watching the dogs go to town on, on the spent grains to saying, maybe we can make a business out of this. And now you're coming up with different flavors, different collaborations with breweries, distilleries, and the like. What have been some of the challenges that you faced you know, along the way? Besides, I think, I heard you say, you know, trying to keep the moisture content down. But what are some of the other challenges you've faced? I think one of the unique things is people kind of go, a beer grain dog biscuit? Is beer good for your dogs? Are grains good for your dogs? And is my dog going to get drunk? Is my dog going to get drunk? That's one <laughs> of the big ones. How many times have you heard that at this point? I, I'm just going to roll my eyes. <laughs> okay. Especially at beer festivals. Um, but the misconception with grains are, you know, it's, it's the cornmeal, soy, and wheat that dogs shouldn't ingest. It's not good for them. It just stops them up. It just binds them up. Barley, oats, and rye are actually grains that are full of fiber and are really good for them and help them process stuff correctly. So that was one of the biggest challenges. Um, even, even getting into pet stores that we're in, because we're in a lot of pet stores in the industry, we're in probably... 220 locations across the country from here to California. How did you work out the distribution? I don't want to get you off the topic, no, no. but how did you work out the distribution of that? I mean, has, is, is that a previous experience with some careers you've had, or is this all learning as this, you went? This was all learning. I mean, we've both had corporate jobs our whole lives, but never in sales. And I remember our very first event, we were at a fundraising event for a local rescue, American Bulldog Rescue. 
and we've set our tent up and we've got our product and it's it's in the really bad bags but we've got our product and I don't know why I didn't think that somebody was going to actually ask me a question about my product but I think I tied my own tongue in a knot because I just couldn't I couldn't handle a question about our product and it didn't take long to suddenly get your your answers down and your product story and stuff like that before you're looking at each other saying, I didn't know I was a salesperson. Right. But the only thing I've ever sold in my life is Girl Scout cookies. You know? And she's so. one up on me on that one. So. <laughs> but um, it, but it was a process. I mean, we we both have our master's degree in, in business and operations and stuff like that. But and we're applying that to what we're doing now, obviously. But never a sales type aspect of it. So we've learned a lot along the way. And then as far as distribution, it's really been advertising in a couple of magazines and you know on the internet and stuff like that where people see you and they get intrigued by it and they try the product and then they continue to order. So that's how we got from here to California pretty quickly. People and, were and seeing us. And the loyal us. customers though too. Oh yeah. You know, you, you're a local person, you bought the product, but then it turns out you bought something for Christmas or a buddy got a new dog and it wound up going to Illinois or Oklahoma. That person gets, out, gets it out there, their dog loves it, and they go to their local pet store ask for it and they go you got to you got to try this biscuit and then all of a sudden we get phone calls from them so the response has been enormous and i th- i think it's ob- it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're a USA made product we use USA made ingredients and the big thing is the 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 no um, preservatives that's the big thing that people want to hear right now USA made no preservatives so we're nailing both of those on the head and I think that's where our repeat business keeps coming back to us because people find out, they become loyal, they keep reordering online, they keep re- you know, restocking in stores, and it's just great. Well, you're so. in a space that, I mean, the, the pet space, the dog space, dog owners will take care of their dogs oh, yeah. better than they'll take care of themselves. Yeah, yes. they spend a lot of money on their dogs, too. Yeah. And the unique thing about our product, too, is it's not just the pet industry. Obviously, we're in the beer industry, so we're in beer distributors, tap rooms, health food stores, grocery stores. So we're not just a single pet-centric item. We're actually able to envelop a lot of different things. You, know? you, can, it's pretty cool. you can be a not-beer person and still find a way to get our business. Biscuits. Yeah. You don't have to be, well, I have to go to a tap room. I have to go to a beer distributor. There's other avenues for you to get our biscuits. This has been, this is an exciting story. When did you both look at each other and say, we, this is, this is a business. Like, when did you get that point, that aha moment, which said, this isn't just at home making for farmers markets. When did it become, this is something, we have something. I think when we were in the garage... And we realized that we were baking constantly and not keeping up, even with two ovens at that point. We were like, all right, I think we can do this. So it was probably a year and a half ago when we decided we were going to move here into our brick-and-mortar location where we are, have a retail store in the front, have the bakery in the back, buy all the equipment, make the investment, and just keep rolling with it. And that's, it was probably a year and a half ago. Was there a conversation that went on between the two of you about that? Or just, you know, sitting down with maybe some homebrew and really having that, wow, this is that experience conversation. I think it's weird with us. There's never just this one, let's sit down in conversation. Things kind of happen with us in these little spurts where a comment's made or a small conversation is had and and then it's over. 
And then you come back to it about 12 hours later and say, hey, remember when we were talking about, and it, it kind of picks up again. So with us, it's never one big conversation. It's their spotty conversations over time before one of us looks at the other one and goes, oh my God, did we just do this? Yeah. And the decision to move in here, it, it was huge. We were just, you know, we're just starting to get some traction and starting to make some money. Um, and we decided, okay, we're just going to make the investment. We're going to get all the equipment. We're going to go for it. And we got in here and we were in here a year and then COVID hit and it's been devastating. You know, it's, I mean, the, it's been so hard. It has, especially since we had that first year here. Successful first year. We opened the end of October and there's no real advertising money. So end of October, we opened the store, wanted to be open. We pushed to be open in time for the Christmas shopping season. We have a little grand opening event. We really have no idea what we're doing as Who's far as... Come? Right. <laughs> the store's absolutely packed. There's lines. There's people outside. It's insane. That's awesome. It, it was. really it was. was. And and it wasn't just... You know, it wasn't like it was friends and family. There was friends and family here. There was people that said, we buy you all the time. We're so glad you have a store. And then people also walking in going... What the heck is this? Yep, and they could take a tour of the bakery and see the operation, meet our staff. I mean, it was just incredible. So. Christmas season was good. You know, right after Christmas, it slows down again. And then we decide in the spring to do an Easter egg hunt for your dog. We have a spot out back um, that one of the other buildings actually owns. We talked to them. We said, listen, if we keep it clean, can we, can we have this Easter egg hunt? They're really, really great. They let us have this Easter egg hunt. I don't pay for advertising. I put something out. I did a Facebook a event. Sign out on the hill. Yeah, there. sign on the hill. Doggy Easter egg hunt. Facebook event. I push it a little. I think I maybe pay like $5 to Facebook or something like that. We make up goodie bags. She's in the store. I'm out back. We're talking to each other on the phone because she wants a head count. And I'm saying, you know, because... We thought like maybe 20 people would show up. Right. But I said, we, we set up two Easter egg hunts. I said, what if, what if two people come out? We're going to have a time trial. And I'm standing there, I have 20 dogs. I have 40 dogs. And I, we wound up having over 60 dogs wow. out back. For our first Easter egg hunt. People ever. running around with their dogs, finding Easter eggs. And you, you've got to give it up. You're on the phone. We need more eggs. Yeah, we, yeah. we need more eggs. We ran out of goodie of bags. Goodie bags. Yeah. She was giving people small bags of brewskets because yeah. everybody was promised a goodie bag. They They... Did the Easter egg hunt. They came in the store. I had lines in the store. But you really got to give it up to our customers. Not one person that showed up to that Easter egg hunt left a mess in the back. It was yep. absolutely no spotless. Anywhere. It was incredible. They used the yeah. trash cans. Everything was absolutely spotless. Yeah. And it was fun. It, it was a lot it, of fun. It was you a know? ton of fun. And some of those people were people that had never been to the store before. So, it, But they saw an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. They saw an dog. Easter egg hunt, drew them in, they came in, and now they're loyal customers, you know. So the second annual Easter egg hunt... Are you ready for that one? Well, it was well, that was <laughs> that was supposed to happen in April, yeah. and then we pushed it till May, and then we pushed it to June, and, yeah, and so it didn't happen this year. But it'll happen next year, hopefully. Our our um, one year anniversary last October was insane. Huge. There was yeah. there was a food truck. There were rescues. Beer, there were people wine. everywhere. Yeah. Um. So the the support from the community has been incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, you know, think about how you plan things out right now. Are you planning for that anniversary party and then you'll see what happens? I'm actually trying to plan for something knowing I don't think we can support the rescues as much as we did before because we had to have, like, what, six rescues here. Yeah. 
um, dogs got adopted, not right from there, but people had applications in. Um, we had and, a horse rescue here. We had llamas here. We had the sheriff's department doing demonstrations. Yeah, sheriff's uh, department Quaker doing canine demos here. Quakertown Police Department canines were here. Um, it was just an incredible day. And again, there there were probably thousand people here. Yes, you know, um, and just fun. It was just fun. I love the impact that you're making on the community. You've got this philanthropic side of what you do, and you're saving dogs. You're educating the community. Was that something that you've always had in mind as you started baking in the garage or, you know, wow, we could, you know, have this for this, you know, rescue where we could do this, that, or, or is that just somebody came to you and said, this opens up avenues of, of other great opportunities we could do for the community? So nobody came to us. No. It was all us. And even in the very beginning when we weren't making money, we, every single bag that was sold, we supported a different rescue every single month. So every single month on our website, there was a highlighted rescue. And for every single bag sold, we donated a dollar to that rescue. So even in the very beginning, when we weren't making a lot of money, we were still giving back the best we could. Um, so we adopted a different rescue every single month. We still do that. The one this month is... Oh, well, it was it was last month. It was Outcast. Outcast Rescue. Um, so we did the same thing, a fundraiser for them. There's um, a Joey's Paw out in Pittsburgh. Uh, I wanted to do something with them this year. They do a, I can't remember what it's called exactly, but they do a beer trail, basically. Their beer trail got canceled because of COVID. And so knowing I wanted to do something with them already, we're going to do something with them probably a little bit closer to Christmas. But, you know, our our whole concept since we started was was to give back in whatever way we could. Um, this past year, we actually bought a canine police vest for Northampton County, one of their dogs. Um, so we made a big donation for that. Um, we support breast cancer research. I'm actually a breast cancer survivor, um, almost 10 years at this point. So we did a, a big fundraiser for that. We have these shirts that we sell. They have two paws on the front right where the tatas are. And on the back is the breast cancer ribbon. All the proceeds from that went to breast cancer research. So we, we donated 2500 bucks this year. To breast cancer research. It cost me pink hair, by the way. It cost you pink hair? I it had to, cost I had you dyed pink hair. I, I dyed my hair pink. Um, if, if we met our goal. Yeah, so I, I challenged. Oh, that's how yeah, it cost uh, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I challenged. Katrina, I don't see you being reserved to say, ah, you know, I don't want to wear pink hair. I, I think oh, it go, was. I think you'd go right at that. It was like bright. I think I glowed in the dark. Okay. But Wait, we challenged. Some cotton candy? Was that what it oh, was? My, I, don't, I don't know what it was. It, but super it, bright. It was super bright. <laughs> it was awesome. But we challenged um, our managers in the front to sell a certain amount of t-shirts for us. No. No. And I mean, they jumped all over that. It, it, it didn't take very long before I realized I was going to be sporting some pink hair. So at our anniversary, I actually still had the, the pink hair. You were still sporting that. Yeah. yeah sure. So we'll do we'll do something this year with that again. Yeah. Um, we'll do the we'll do the shirts again. We do a different color every year for the shirts, so that if you already have one, you're not going to buy another one. But if we can get them in different colors, we figure we can get some repeat people to to support it. And so I'll I'll do something this year, and we'll we'll sport the pink hair again. And then one other thing that we do is actually um, with Mission Canine Rescue, which are the military dogs that are returning from service. A lot of times they don't retire at the same time their handler does. That only happens about 3% of the time. So those dogs come back. They get decommissioned and desensitized at Mission Canine, which is in Texas. And if they can be adopted into a normal family home, they are. So that's a really big organization that we support and work with. So, So, you know, I love that 
all that you're doing here philanthropically and, and, and taking care of the rescues and there's so many avenues, but realistically, look, if you don't have a dog, there are still ways to support different organizations where this whole line, I, I, I don't mean to keep going back to it, but you threw some spent grains on the back porch. Yep. And this is where we are today. Yeah. You're buying vests for, you know, vests for dogs. Police dogs, yeah. You're, you're saving and helping to rescue and, and, and bringing dogs from the military back into families. You've got a component for, for breast cancer. I mean, all these things just that that's like you 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 are all in USA. It's USA through all the product and everything you're doing, but you're taking care of the community. Yep. I love it. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. I love it. It's so important to us. Um, it, I, I think, you know, even in our, our business model, one of the major things was um, to make sure that we give back because we're so grateful for everything that we have. We want to make sure we're paying it forward. And that's what's important to us. So who does uh, product development and who, who's responsible for naming the products? <laughs> well, brewskits happened because we knew we had a beer grain dog bone. And it goes back to that conversation I told you that we have, but we never have all in one shot. And we just kind of sat on the sofa and started throwing things back and forth at each other. To try to come up with a name. Oh, for the company. For the company itself. Brew Biscuits, Dog Brew, this, that. And finally, like, at the same exact moment, we both came up with Brewskits. And I'm like, all right, that's it. So we trademarked it right away, and thank goodness we did, you know, because there's some stuff going on out there in the world that's not always fair and right, but we trademarked it, and here we are seven years later, and... Happy as clams, you know. We're just loving what we do every single day. And if you don't love what you're doing, why do it? I think Ben and Jerry's, that's that's their motto. If, if it's not if it's not fun, why do it? Okay. Right? So we kind of live by that motto, too. So are, are Ben and Jerry's now doing a Brewskits flavored ice cream house <laughs> at their plan? <laughs> not yet. Well, they do make ice cream for dogs. Yeah, so. they do. Yeah. Why well, not well, do we, the crunchiness in the uh, ice cream? No, that's a good point. And we actually make a doggy froyo here. Like, we make all kinds of other things. We make doggy brunola. These are, you know, our little doggy muffins that are made out of the same thing, the barley, oats, and rye. But then it has dried blueberries, cranberries, apples, and bananas in it. And when you taste this and you have this with a cup of tea or something, you are not going to believe how good that is. Okay, so, so this is it. this is the muffin. That's the soft part. Yes. Yeah. All right, so, so this that's is gonna, so it's like it's like a crumb. It's not. It's, gonna it's not apart. soft like a muffin. It's like a crumbly product. Yeah, it's going to crumble I mean, I'll tell you, apart. it smells no, like you peanut smell butter. the peanut butter? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And our peanut butter is a local peanut butter here it's in It's just ground peanuts. There's just no ground, like there's no extra salts or oils or anything nuts, like that. No junk in it, no salt, no oil, no nothing. I'm eating some now. Yeah, it's yeah. phenomenal, isn't it? It's it, it, right. And if you have that with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, we have people buy them. They come in a little six pack. We have people buy them specifically for themselves, not for their dogs. Um, you know, so people are eating the product as well. It and does then, you get a little of the oat flavor. Right. Yes. Yeah. But, it's nutty. Yeah. Yeah. This I mean it's like, phenomenal. Like isn't I said, it? I was at the event running around eating your brewskits. Yes, yeah, but that's even better, isn't and it? And people were asking me, they got the, um, they got those chains of um, pretzels. Yeah, pretzels. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and I'm walking around like, where did you get that? Maybe Who's we should make that? a pretzel chain out of brewskits. I, 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 I have actually thought about it oh before. My gosh, that would be awesome. Actually, and the the peanut butter stays with you. Oh, it's strong. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If you told me, I mean, this could be in a snack category of its own. Yeah. So realistically, yeah. You know, 
whether you have a dog or not, these make great snacks. Yeah, exactly. They really do. And it's the quality of the peanut butter, too. Literally, it is, it's in those tubs right there. It's just ground nuts. So it's not like, you know, one of the name brands from the grocery store that has salt in it and added stuff, sugar, all kinds of things. Um, some of the peanut butter that's sold in the stores actually has xylitol in it. Xylitol is a fake sugar substitute, and it's killing dogs. So people at home thinking, oh, I'm going to get my Kong and... Put a scoop of peanut butter. You know, they're they're eating they're eating a peanut butter that's processed. You, you know, but low calorie, low whatever, and they take the sugars out of it and they replace it with xylitol. But they're not thinking about it. And they're like, oh, I'm going to put some peanut butter in a con for my dog. They use the same peanut butter, and but the the quality of that peanut butter right there is just ground nuts. And like I said, it's local. It's a gentleman right here in Telford. Um, our eggs come from a a local Mennonite farm where we buy them, you know, fifteen dozen at a time. Um, the grains are, are local. So pretty much everything in our biscuits are sourced right here within 10 miles of us. You're also providing jobs for the community. Yes. You're providing business as an outlet for, you know, your peanut butter provider. Now there's a new outlet yes. for them to do that. Yeah. Now you brought up these other two biscuits. Are these the same ones? The those, briskets? Yeah, th- that's a peanut butter one too. I should have grabbed a different flavor. So the biscuit is crunchy and that's because of getting all the moisture out of it. But the flavor of that is um, is good, too. I mean, you can taste the peanut butter in it. It's not as strong as, as the other one, but you can taste the peanut butter in it. But the crunchiness of it for dogs is actually good, too, because it cleans their teeth and gums. So I mean, you, you get... It almost tastes like a, a pretzel, in a way. Yeah, like a, a cereal or a granola. Yeah. 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 People, I, we I put... eat them all the time, Like, I, and I'm... Fit as a fiddle, you know? I we put salt and sugar on everything as a, as a society. So the first thing you notice when you eat it is that, you know, you kind of say to yourself, I ah, use a little salt, use a little sugar. Because that's that's two things that we don't we don't put in it. But it's something our dogs and, and really us don't, don't need extra of. Exactly. But yeah, they're tasty. So we have the pumpkin and sweet potato variety also. So the flavor of those are a little bit different. The sweet potato actually does taste sweet to me on my palate because of the, the natural sweet potato that's in there. Because we don't use just coloring or flavoring. It's real pumpkin. It's real sweet potato. Um, and then our secret of how we get the water out of there. So, so what are some of the what are, what are some of the flavors that you've kind of had bouncing around your minds? Or what, what future items do you see yourself providing? Well, so in the past, well, she mentioned the booby bone. Um, didn't want to do anything with anything artificial. So trying to figure out how do I make the bone pink? And beets actually enabled us to make it pink. I don't like beets. So naturally, my brain tells me that my dog would not like beets. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. Turns out I was wrong. Your dog loves beets. Yes. Don't tell it. And now you love beets. Because if your dog loves beets, (laughs) you now love beets. We we have to disagree on this one little point, her and I. (laughs) Um, But she actually loves the booby bones. We gave a bunch of them away when we first made them. To see if my dog was an anomaly. Uh, she is not in that respect. Um, the dogs absolutely love them. So the booby bone became a thing. And it's full of magnesium. Beets are full of magnesium, which is really good for bone density for dogs. So, you know, another point, just real quick, is we really had to educate ourselves. I'm thinking that right away. Look, look how much you know now animal about nutrition, that. Um, the flavor profiles, the ingredients. I mean, we really had to educate ourselves and we worked with several different vets in the local area, really communicating with them to make sure that what we're doing is good for the dogs. Um, and every single vet we've spoken to is right on board with us. We're actually for sale in vet clinics, too. I missed that one. So um, it's another place we're for sale. So. 
What's the future of Brewskits? I mean, as you, you've been here a year and a half now, is there a five-year plan? I mean, you, you said you come from business degrees and business backgrounds. What's, what's the future look like for Brewskits? Keep growing. We're just going to keep growing. Um, Petrina still works her full-time job at one of the largest shipping industries in the world. She's been there 26 years now. And our goal is to get her out of there and have Brewskits be full-time for both of us. Right now it's full-time for me. This is my gig. This is what I do. Um, so we're trying to get her to a point where she can retire from there. We're both doing this full-time. Just keep dominating and taking over and get out there and spread the word, spread the love, and, you know, just just having fun. Just having fun. As you said, I mean, I can see you guys love this. Yeah, you love the, love what you do. I think both your personalities, although it's not necessarily a sales background, as you talked about, it's now become the sales background. But I don't think it's, it's, it's a matter of sales. I think it's just interacting with the public, yeah. sharing your story, sharing your passion, be able to help the community, be able to keep dogs healthy, give them something as, a, as an alternative that's going to be good for them, and that as a dog parent, people are going to want to give that to their dog, right? Yeah, exactly. And to know that it's a product that's being upcycled, too. Like, like normally it's churned back into the earth or fed to livestock, and, you know, we're taking a product where we're eliminating some of that waste and we're actually making something better out of it um, which is the joy of it you know so and I, totally by accident I feel like look we watch a lot of Shark Tank you know so <laughs> this is like that, that Shark Tank moment when they walk into the tank and this is a phenomenal idea so kudos to you both for what you've accomplished where you've gotten to I, I, I see that moment I think when we get away from the COVID social distancing we're able to go back to doing the, um, the, the festivals and just being able to interact. I think that's, that's at next level. This maybe has come for you at, at a time when you don't look at it necessarily as, wow, did that really have to happen now? Exactly. But now it's, it, it's like that second stage of the rocket that's just ready to fire. You're ready to go. Yeah, we're, yeah, we've definitely been, you know, during this time looking around and, and finding different avenues and finding different ways to communicate with the world, with, with our customers, and, and I think we've been successful in that respect. And just like everybody, every other small business owner, you just you you, tuck, you you tighten your belt buckle and you look around and you figure out how else how else can I get out there in the community and, and tell people about my product. Yeah, and just to go back to Shark Tank for a moment, we have applied on Shark Tank. Oh, you have okay. And, uh, we made it to round two. There's several rounds that you go through, and we got to the point where we decided we don't need them, and we're doing it on our own. Um, so it's all us at this point, just us. Is there anything we haven't talked about today, anything that comes to mind that you don't want people to miss out on the podcast that they should know? I don't know. I mean, we, we, we've talked about a lot of stuff. I, I really do like our philanthropic part of us. Um, the, the family part of, of everything we do. I mean, we really do think about every customer that we meet becomes a part of the Brewskits family. Um, I mean, I, I really do think that... I don't know if you can ever cover everything, but... I, I think just our continued effort to educate people about the nutrition aspect of it. Um, there's so much... There's so much garbage out there on the shelves right now. There's stuff that's coming from China that's actually killing dogs. And it's just our goal to keep educating the dog owner about what they're feeding their dog. You know, Why is it everything from China is harmful? <laughs> I, what, I, what's the deal with that? We got I these lanternflies, the, 
the stink bugs. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm just, I'm, I'm talking <laughs> on a, a, an educational level here just to make sure, you know, um, because there are pet stores that are totally eliminating products from other countries. And that's where our avenue is going to open for us. And hopefully we're going to be in every single pet store out there. And with Big Bertha right here, we can crank them out, man. So many places in order for 100,000 units. We got it. No Kim, problem. I can't wait to see like Big Bertha just she, she now Big Bertha was replaced by Bigger Bertha. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, she yeah. was retired and yeah, yeah cuz yeah. the demand and the desire and people are out there looking for what you have to offer. Exactly. Yeah. How do people find you? Well, there's a couple different ways. Obviously, if if you're local, we have our store located right where we're standing here in in Telford. We're also What's the address for that in case people want to uh, pop on by? And- 100 Emlyn Way, Telford, PA. We're just in this little, this little strip of light industrial. Uh, the, this area actually enabled us to have our bakery in the back and the store in the front. So we're kind of hidden, but uh, we have our sign out front and one of those little swingy signs out at the road. But if you don't feel safe going out or you just want to sit on the sofa today, you can go to www.brewscuit.com and place your order. Just about everything in our store is on our website and put me to work and I'll pack it up for you. you I need work. Put me to work. And we have a great rewards program on our website. So after you buy a certain amount of products, you get free stuff. And remember, we always have that um, uh, uh, rescue that we're sponsoring every single month. So when you buy something, you're actually supporting all the rescues that we do as well. And you're on the social media, yes? Oh, yes. Uh, I'm more active on our Instagram and our Facebook than our Twitter. Uh, but I got lucky, and you just have to look for Bruce Kits in either one of them, and we pop up. And you come up. This has been this has been awesome. And this is I'm so grateful that we've had a chance to sit down and talk. This you you what you both are doing is phenomenal. Thank you very much. And, you know, for Dawn and I, this is our fermented adventure. And we never know who we're going to meet along the way. A segment to talk about brewskits where you're taking the spent grains, you're providing for the community. There's a philanthropic side to this. This is just, you know, it, it exceeds our expectations. And we get to meet really cool people along the way. Awesome. Um, so thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with us. Please, if you don't have a dog... Buy your neighbor some brewskits if if you have family members and or or even for your dog they're gonna love them I love them I'm gonna go buy you know some of these and I'm just gonna you know drive around and uh, we'll we'll take these into the breweries and just snack on these while we're uh, while we're there so this is great oh, sounds good thank you so very much Kim and Patrina it. thank you so much yeah, this thank has been you. awesome thank you thanks for uh, coming out and seeing us.